This is Chats with Creatives, a podcast where we talk about living as creative humans in a capitalist society. The experiences we have and insecurities we hold, a place where we have open and inclusive conversations to learn, understand, educate, and connect. My name is Bronte and this is Stage Fright with Tamila Maslin. Tamila is one of my nearest and dearest. She's an absolute gem with the most wondrous voice that I could just listen to for hours. I'm super excited about talking to Tamila today because we're going to delve into something that burdens a lot of performers, but it can be sometimes a little bit taboo to talk about. I often feel like there's an expectation to be super confident as a performer, and so often you're in a completely vulnerable and receptive state. So, I mean, I'm quite familiar with stage fright. Sometimes it's incredibly crippling and wrapped up with all sorts of anxieties and self-worth. So we talk today about our experiences with stage fright and how we deal with it to continue moving throughout our days. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where I'm recording this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Welcome to Miller. Thank you. That was beautiful. How are you? I'm good. What's your morning been like? Uh, I woke up early-ish. I um, played the piano a bit, Love did it. a little bit of exercise, oh, which ruined me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I came here to see you. Wonderful. How did we meet? Um, so we met five years ago. We've been together for so we long. We have. Been. <laughs> um, we did a short course at VCA mm. for acting. The foundation, Studio 21. Yes. Love it. Specifically, I think the way we were introduced was I was eating a salad <laughs> and it was raw vegetables like spiralized. And you're like, are you raw? <laughs> <laughs> I just like walked over to you, Beeline, and was like, um, <laughs> you, are yes. you raw? Yeah. And I was like, no. But I can see what you're eating, girl. <laughs> Yes, Bronte connects with people via food. Oh my God, that's Mm. exactly right. (laughs) I think that's my language of love. Mm -hmm. I very much, I've always done this. I've always Mm. cooked things for people. (laughs) In fact, I've cooked for you today. (laughs) You have made banana bread. I've I've started, yeah, I've started the habit of cooking food for like a little vegan treat for guests. But um, I wonder how long it will last. Because I do get to a point where I'm like, okay, I've eaten four pieces of banana bread in like two days and it's kind of like oh (laughs) I can't just you know not eat it (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't know when I met you I didn't know that you were a singer it probably wasn't until like it would have been like 18 months after we'd met and I was like maybe at your house and you you kind of like sung something and I was like excuse me (laughs) is that your voice (laughs) your voice is amazing Thank you. I want to remember the first thing that I heard you sing and it must have been a song that was like really popular on the radio at the time. I think it was like a Lady Gaga song or something and you had this this version of it that was just like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> so good. And then I was really surprised that it wasn't something that you kind of, you sing, you actively sing like but you don't perform. And my understanding is that that comes a lot from having stage fright or feeling quite vulnerable on stage because obviously singing is like many other types of performance and art, it, it's very, very vulnerable and very personal. Yes, 
Exactly. Do you remember the point that stage fright began for you or was it just a forever thing? It's kind of been a forever thing. I've always loved to sing, but yeah, it was more, I guess, for myself. As a child, I was kind of pushed to perform because I could sing. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that for me was terrifying. Mm. And sort of that fear kind of carried my entire life. But it is something that I love and I love to do. And it's something that I want to share. Mm. It's just like taking that next step into showing people my voice or performing my own work. Yeah, because I remember we used to talk about you and another good friend of ours um, who we also met at the VCA Foundation course. You both sing and you guys sometimes you'll sing together and you'll harmonise and it's like angels singing in my ears. (laughs) You guys used to talk about like, oh, maybe one day we'll like go on the street and go busking or something or like we'll record something together or is it different for you recording something versus performing live or is it still a similar kind of fear of vulnerability that comes up? I think in different ways. So Mm. recording would be a much more intimate space, I think. Um, If I was by myself, it's a little bit different Mm. to having people in the room. But the people in the room would probably be people I was comfortable with and who may have heard the music I was recording before. Uh, With performing, yeah, that's a different – that's much, much more vulnerable because I'm sort of putting myself out there to be – disliked or criticized for my work I do like I have performed before and that's sort of where yeah the crux of the the stage fright performance anxiety comes in yeah yeah just like public performances but even sometimes I struggle with you know people I know or even performing to just a small group of people for the first time yeah it's just um that vulnerability I think for me is something I struggle with yeah. Well, I'm really, I'm super excited because I suggested that maybe today you could play some of your music or sing some of your music. And I'm so happy that you've agreed. So yes. at the end of this podcast, we'll have a little clip of Tamila um, singing and it's, I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. Oh my God. Yeah. A little snippet of love and joy. And, and it's, but it, that's a hard thing to do as well. Like you could be totally comfortable with me, but it's still a very scary thing Mm. to put yourself out there and and to know that people will listen to it and hear it and Mm. have an an opinion I suppose my (laughs) my stage fright is a little bit different to like the vulnerability thing I Mm -hmm. think the moment that I kind of was like oh no this is not good Mm. (laughs) I was in high school and and I sung all the time like I was in all of the choirs I at the time was like a trained opera singer I was singing opera when I was a a teenager I didn't know this about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a well-kept secret um (laughs) in year 11 and 12 music was one of the subjects that I I did in my high school and then in in year 12 I, I dropped ancient history for music extension and my instrument in music extension was my voice. So so all of my assessments I, I would sing. And I just remember that there was this one night where there was, you know, a big performance on in our performing arts centre and I got up and had my singing teacher on the piano and I started singing and I got about two lines into the first verse and I blanked and my singing teacher kept playing the piano and I kind of looked at her and I was like just had this look of pain on my face and I was like, I don't know what comes next. I've completely dropped the words I have no idea what comes next and so she kind of stopped she was like we'll just start again we'll just start again and what so she started again and, and again two lines in to the first verse 
I completely fucking froze. My mind went blank. I had no idea what words came next. I couldn't even think of what the chorus was. I literally just started humming the tune because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm up here and people are looking at me and I'm freaking out. So mm, mm, la, la, la. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> the most embarrassing yeah. moment and since then I have not been able to sing on stage like I, yeah. I can't do it I, I will sing at home in the shower I will sing as a warm-up if I have to I will sing loudly and badly at a party to music that's playing but I can't sing on stage that's where my stage fright comes in it's not necessarily a fear of vulnerability it's a fear of forgetting my the lyrics it's forgetting the lyrics and that it's kind of flowed into my acting in that one of my biggest fears with acting is to blank on stage and and it's happened before um <laughs> I think that's that's something that's pushed me singing I don't have to do but acting is my passion and I need to like push through that fear of losing my line so something that has come from that is that I work incredibly hard on text and text becomes my the the way that I create a character and the expression and the text is the thing that is the base for everything else because if I know it so well and so deeply in my mind and in my body I can't forget a line mm-hmm. and that won't happen to me ever again yeah. it does but <laughs> It's not as bad as singing. Like singing, I just refuse to do. How did you feel before the performance? I think I was nervous. Yeah. I think about that night and I know for a fact that I was sitting with two of my friends who weren't like the best influence. Like we were we were all a bit like ratty when we were together and we kind of like wouldn't focus and we were kind of chatting off to the side and then my name was called and I had to get up and sing. I, don't, I wasn't focused and I wasn't preparing myself to sing at all. I had warmed up and I was ready to do the, the thing, but it's something about maybe the focus, the mm, you weren't um, like mentally I w- prepared. Perhaps. Yeah. You hadn't taken that time. Yeah. And yeah. it totally just came back to bite me on the butt. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I think that as well as kind of like a fear of loss of control, especially because it took you so off guard, they are traumatizing experiences. And mostly a big reason for my performance anxiety and mm. stage fright is because I've had experiences in the past where I have been so nervous that, you know, by myself I could perform the song perfectly. Mm. But on stage, because nerves change changes your breathing yeah. and everything, just the way I perform is terrible. And I feel so, so upset at myself and so traumatised from the experience. I kind of never want to do it again. And so yeah. that just like feeds into that fear of like if I get up and I'm nervous, I'll be bad. But nerves is is kind of a really natural response to putting yourself out there and getting on stage and being looked at. Mm -hmm. Nerves is such an interesting thing because the way that I've had to kind of learn to deal with nerves is to translate that energy so that it's not nervous energy it's exciting energy mm. and it's it's a buzz that that will help me to focus and that's all in my head like if I am not in a headspace to be thinking that in that particular day like there were days when I was on tour last year doing educational Shakespeare for high schools and and I would have this kind of like heightened energy because maybe the kids were being really awful and maybe heckling <laughs> like mm. something like wasn't very lovely or or I was feeling not very good about myself and my performance and that nervous energy of being like oh I'm nervous like I'm not going to do well I'm not going to remember my lines or I'm not going to yeah essentially I'm going to make a fool of myself sometimes that can translate into being more of a an energetic bubbling and an excitement but oftentimes if you don't have that 
ability in that moment to translate that energy it does come out being very very much a nervous energy which as you said it affects your breathing it affects your concentration Mm -hmm. it affects your body language and Mm -hmm. the way you hold yourself and then that in turn can create like a cyclical effect a cycle effect of like you're hunching over maybe so then your throat's a little bit more compact and then your body is reading your body language as I don't want to be here I don't want to be here I don't want to be here it's fight or flight And it's also, you're like, as you were saying, like the way we talk to ourselves Mm. before and after a performance is really important. Oh my goodness. So the way we talk ourselves through the nervous energy. Yeah. Because my first response, and I think anyone else's first response when we are nervous or anxious, is, you know, that fight or flight thing. Mm. So you're going to run away, which is my thing, avoid. Mm. Or you do get up, but you're kind of frozen. So yeah, being really kind to yourself and trying to work through that. And even, yeah, finding ways to cope Mm. with that and knowing it's a normal part of any performance. It's natural. It's a good thing, you know. Mm. A teacher of mine once said, when you're anxious, it's because you care so Mm. much. So when you are nervous about a performance, it's because you care about it. You care about doing a good job or Mm. doing the original song justice or the original playwright justice, like to do the character justice, you, you want to do well. And that that's not a bad thing. It's not bad to be anxious about that or nervous about that. It's just, as you said, it's about being able to talk to yourself in a compassionate way mm-hmm. to help yourself move through that mm-hmm. and, and kind of come out the other side. And then again, <laughs> throughout the other side to then continue being compassionate. Exactly. If you feel like you didn't do the work you wanted to, yep. to understand that everyone has off nights mm-hmm. or everyone has performances or moments or pieces of work that they think are shit that aren't Mm -hmm. just what they are in the moment exactly and they're not a reflection of you as a person yeah I think our self-esteem so caught up in our performance yeah singular performance or you know we'll beat ourselves up about it but yeah the way we talk to ourselves through it and after it Mm. maybe we can make it easier the next time we get up on stage for sure Do you have something in your day that you just have to do and if you don't do it, you don't feel right? I don't, but I think it's really important to have daily rituals. They keep you grounded. But you yeah. would sing every day, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, in terms of singing, I would sing every day. Like not a, like actively. No, not like an active, you know, like a proper practice. Um, but I would sing every day to things or to myself or, yeah, that's probably the only it might be the only consistent thing I do yeah. every day other than eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we love food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there something that you're really proud of that you've done creatively, even if it's not to do with singing? That's a good question. I think the most proud I feel of myself or like something I am proud of is usually when I finish a song that I've written or I learn a new piano piece because I don't perform a lot. I don't show the world a lot of my work. It's usually very small things like that. Yeah. It's a, a lot of joy when I finish something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very <laughs> capable. That leads me on to my next question. What brings you joy creatively? Mm. <laughs> usually playing, like just mm. being really playful with things, experimenting, trying, you know, like trying new sounds. I think for me as an artist, <laughs> 
I still don't know what kind of sound that I would like to produce yep. or what kind of thing I enjoy making the most. I'm mm. still I'm still figuring that out. So that brings me a lot of joy. You know, maybe I tap into something I haven't before, a different sound. I think even just being able to do different things with my voice is really fun, like runs or yeah. you know, singing high up or performing a harder song or nailing a cover or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you go to a lot of live music or performances in live theatre? Uh, probably not any more than anyone else. I do <laughs> quite a bit. Like mm. I, I follow you along to a oh, lot of yeah. things as well. <laughs> um, Janelle like my number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I go to a lot of Bronte's works. I go to a lot of like theatre we see together. Yeah. So I guess I do. I think that's something that I'm, I am interested in a lot. Yeah, I do do live gigs. I wouldn't say that I'm at them all the time though, but I do I do really enjoy them. I do go. Do you find that when you go and see something live, you're quite inspired? Yes, yeah. very, very, mm. very inspired. I like a concert I went to, I've been to like a few, but a, a lot of women performers mm. often really inspire me. Yeah. There's an artist, her name is Scissor. Oh. No, she's sort of like alternative R&B, but I love her sound. I loved her concerts. I love the way she moved and it's so different from anything I can do. So just going and hearing that was so inspiring for me. I felt like uplifted for days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even like I wanted to play around with her sound and the way she used her music. And yeah, I've been to other performances where I feel the same thing. I, I can just completely zone out and just take in what they're doing. I was listening to The Guilty Feminist the other day and on one of their most recent episodes that they've released there was this woman who performed at the end and her sound was so out of this world mm. she she's classified as world music because mm. she uses a lot of traditional um south asian indian kind of influences like she plays traditional instruments and sometimes will be singing ancient poems her voice was just so amazing. She talked about how she didn't classify herself as, you know, in inverted commas, world music, mm. that she was just making music that she enjoyed and bringing to life these instruments that sometimes can get a little bit forgotten. Like when people typically start learning music, they learn guitar or piano or violin. And this woman, Amrit Kaur, she was just so amazing. I'll pop her on the on the show notes so everyone can listen to her. But she was singing with this very like traditional South Asian sound to her voice. And then she would – so she would be singing in the so native tongue of like a poem that yeah. she'd written music to and then she would switch into singing in English in a very like pop mm-hmm. kind of way and then she would just – start singing in this falsetto that was mm. like an incredibly high soprano and it, just the ability of her like changing between genres was so cool yeah. and I just love that she was like I don't classify myself as world music like that's what people put me into that box but that's not what I see the music that I make as it's just whatever sounds that I feel like making that's mm. exactly how I feel mm. I wouldn't I have no idea what my genre is I mm. don't know what box I fall into yeah 
And a lot of people do ask, you know, like what what type of music do you sing or what what is kind of your sound? And I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like I, I sing what I feel. Mm. Um, I think my voice definitely has a specific tone to it. So, you know, I'm probably more inclined to sing something ballady than mm. I could, you know, something really upbeat and poppy. But, yeah, I wouldn't define myself either. It's kind of what you feel. Mm. Speaking of you singing, you're going to perform in a moment. How do you how do you feel about that? Well, I feel okay about it now since mm. um, it's just you and me in the room. Yeah. I think I do feel very, very nervous that everybody else is going to hear it. It may not be something that everybody likes. Oh, um, but fuck them. <laughs> I mean, that's thank true. you for listening, but fuck you if you don't like Tamila's voice. But you don't need <sighs> to. It may not be yeah, a Yeah, you song. don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, but when I showed you the I showed mm. you a few recordings before I started. For me that that sort of got the most nerve-wracking bit yeah. out of the way because you yeah. heard what the song would be yeah. like and you yeah. heard my voice in it. So, I feel okay now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I am prepared. Yeah. And I think that's important. I mm. I feel a little less nervous because I'm more prepared. Uh, mentally I think it's a really important thing to kind of come to realize and to come to terms with that if you're wanting to pursue a creative life you're essentially pursuing a vulnerable life exactly and it's it's not bad or wrong to feel like being vulnerable is a hard thing to do like that's a very normal and natural way to respond to the sensations and the feelings that come with vulnerability because vulnerability if anyone's read Brene Brown <laughs> um, it comes hand in hand with shame mm-hmm. so there's there's always this fear that if if you don't do a good job or what you feel like is a, is a good job and a real representation of you and your skill and your talent and your ability that you will feel ashamed that mm. you didn't and it's so it's so important to be able to recognize that and then have a fuck you attitude and just be like no nah, right now I'm not I'm not in approval mode I'm in task mode and mm. my task is to sing or perform or read a poem or whatever it is that's my task mm-hmm. and I'll connect to it and do it truthfully and honestly but I don't need anyone else to validate me because I know that what I'm doing is exactly right for me exactly and I think we lose connection with our work because we're so preoccupied with everyone else's perception of it mm. and and that's where a lot of shame comes from when yeah. you stuff up perhaps on stage it's like what do they think as opposed to how did I actually you know how was I feeling and then like talking yourself through that yeah whatever. and also things can move very slowly like you see people get on stage or on screen or start their singing career I suppose or performing career artistic career quite late in life because the whole run up to that point in their life has been full of uh, I don't really have that that thing or that spark that I need but you don't need that your art is your art and it's Mm -hmm. great in in whatever way that it kind of comes out of you Mm -hmm. and you even if you are pursuing something creative it doesn't need to be on a grand scale you know you don't need to be successful in a huge way for it to Mm. be fulfilling yeah or even for it to be impactful it could just be impacting your own self by being like I've created this thing and I know that I have it's and that's it that's That's all it it needs to be yeah I find it quite heartwarming and very inspiring when I see someone whose creative practice is purely just for them yeah that kind of means that it, it probably is coming from the most honest place that it's that it's an expression of themselves art can also be for the masses and for others it can be for like learning purposes education can be anything but 
the art has to come from somewhere and if it's coming from you being made for others it's never going to be as honest as coming from you just because it's it's bubbling up inside you and needs to come out on that note Shall we have a sing? Sure. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Trying to control the looks on my face. I think I might lose you every day. Keeping myself and my mind in check. Compartmentalize it. You're playing games with my head. I know reality is sobering. What did I expect? How much am I giving away? How much will you take if you push it down? Please don't push me away. You give me looks that I think about for days. Please take it away. Everyone I talk to, they all say the same. Disentangle from him Disentangle from him Oh, I just love your voice so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so very beautiful. sweet. <laughs> I feel like I need a moment just to... <laughs> just to process that. Just to process it. Oh, it's just so lovely to hear you sing. It it always is. And I feel very privileged that you shared Thank with, you. with me today. I wanted to share with you. I wanted you, you to too. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> dear, girl. I shared with you. This is actually the first time anything that I've written mm. will be public. Oh, my so goodness. that's very exciting. <gasps> so exciting. That's very exciting. It's only a snippet, but it's kind of, I guess, that's my sound right now and that's yeah. kind of the stuff I'm writing. So yeah. it was honest. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, there's a comedy special out on Netflix at the moment called Stage Fright. It's Jenny Slate's comedy special and along with her stand-up, it's interwoven with interviews of her family in her family home and interviews of her prior to the filming of the show. She talks about her experience with stage fright and her kind of experience growing up in a haunted house. And it's a really beautiful special. If you enjoyed what Tamila and I were talking about today in terms of our personal experiences with stage fright, seeing someone like Jenny Slate talk about it is really, really, really beautiful too. So give it a watch. Otherwise, stay creative. Chats with Creatives is produced by Anahata Collective. Music is by the wonderfully talented Rick Scully. Please rate, review, subscribe. Let me know how you like it. Let me know your thoughts. Holler if you want to chat. I'll catch you next week. If you sit on my lap, that's okay. But if you're on the desk pressing buttons, that's not okay. Oh, yeah. Just shove your butt in my face. <laughs> <laughs>